Williams, Zach Wright, coached by John Mary Wilson. And today, the name of the game is trade deadline. Is the grass greener? So we're going to talk about the trade deadline, which happened about three weeks ago. Apologize for the delay. We had life to handle, and uh, things was getting crazy. But anywho, we're going to talk about the trade deadline, and it kind of helps talk about it a little later because we can actually discuss some of the things that have happened already and see how some of these teams look with their new moves. So we'll discuss some of the trades that happened, uh, discuss the state of you know the East and the West at this point, given that certain, some big moves did happen. And then we'll talk about some major war candidates as well. But before we get into it, Jameer, I'm going to switch it up a bit and bring up a surprise. So we're going to do a start one, bench one, cut one. You ready? Yes, sir. I am ready. All right. So we're gonna do we're gonna do this uh, center edition, not all star division. Okay. I don't know, I don't know that that's very specific, but whatever. That's cool. That's cool. So start one, bench one, cut one. Go Bear, DeAndre Ayton, and Bam Adebayo. Ah, I like that. I like that a lot. I like that a lot. Start from starting one. I'm starting Rudy. I'm going to bench. I'm going to bench. Ah, that's tough. I'll probably bench Aiden and cut Bam. Mm. It, it's hard. It's, it's, it's real hard, but I'm, I'm going to say, I, 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 I'll say that. Because if I got, if I got Bam, if I go, if I got Rudy, I got all the defense I need. And, and I think Aiden is probably the best offensive player of the three. Uh, so yeah, I'd probably cut ties with. With Bam, even though I love Bam, he's great. And so I got something for you, too. Uh-oh. You so it, we're going to go with the young guard variety, actually. We're going to go the young guard route. So we've got, we've got Tyrese Halliburton. We've got Tyrese Maxey. Okay. Tyler Hero. Tyler Hero. So Hero, Maxi, and Halliburton. Okay. I'm starting Halliburton easy. Halliburton stand account. Maxi and Hero. Oof. Damn. I'm gonna lose, we're gonna we're gonna lose some uh, Caucasian fans for this one, but I'm benching Maxi and cutting Hero. I'm sorry. I just uh, think I think Tyler Hero is good, but I feel like I don't know. I just I just feel like they're both like borderline All Star guards at best. They might sneak in once or twice throughout their careers, but I think I just think Maxi has a higher. I just think I think Maxi can be a better player overall when it's all said and done. I just think the way in which he's improving. Year to year is um, it looks more promising to me. He's more he's more than just a scorer. I, he has the potential to become a play a great play well a good playmaker, in addition to being a scorer. Versus Tyler Hero is very much a scorer. He's you know they both. I know we think of Tyler Hero as a shooter, but Maxi does shoot the ball really well. But also that's that's like a part of his game that I feel like is underrated. So, I don't know. I just you know Tyler Hero gets all the you know all the love. He gets more. He gets more media attention, but I think Maxi, Maxi has more potential to be a better defensive defensive player overall as well. So I just think his game can will shape out to be a more complete player. Player, I think, until said and done. And Tyrese Halliburton is just 
I just he's just better than both of them, honestly, at this point. He's been averaging 20 and 10 for the last like 20 15 games or so, basically. So that was easy for me there. But yeah, that's that's what I'm gonna go with. Interesting choice. Interesting choice. Had to make it tough when you kind of made you kind of put me in a, a tough spot there. All right. So now that we uh got the little game out of the way. Those are always fun when you see them on Twitter, but sometimes you see some goofy ones on Twitter. Like, it'd be, like, uh, LeBron, Jordan, and then, uh, like, Vince Carter. <laughs> it's like, the fuck? <laughs> like, one is not like the others. We know so, we know, we know, know who we cutting. Right. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I'll respect Vince Carter, but, you know, there's, like, there's certain levels to these things in terms of, like, when you're grouping players together. It's just very funny when you see those, especially on Instagram. It's, like, People on Instagram should not talk about basketball. It's, it's just crazy. <laughs> nah, nah, yeah. It, it's, it gets borderline disrespectful sometimes, just some of the stuff right. that I'm hearing. And, right. yeah, I just hear a lot of stuff on the internet that just don't make no sense. Facts. But, anywho, back to the trade deadline, which happened February 10th. I know where it's now March 1st at this point, so we're late. But the benefit, like I mentioned, some of these trades happened, and we've seen some games, and we've seen how they look in different capacities. So with that being said, I think we should probably just start off with the big one, with Ben Simmons for James Harden, basically. And, of course, you know, Philly got uh, James Harden and Paul Millsap, and then the Nets got Ben Simmons, Seth Curry, and Drummond with some picks. But how do you feel that this worked out for both teams, I guess, at this point? Or you can, I guess, let's start with Brooklyn because they're the biggest question mark. We haven't even seen what Ben Simmons looks like in any capacity this season, but let alone on a new team. Um, Well, I want to start off by saying that I I, I do believe that, uh, I mean, at at the moment, it does look like, Philly won the trade because uh, you know James Harden and Joel Embiid look godly. They look unstoppable. They look unguardable. Uh, they look like a force to be dealt with. Um, and uh, with the elevation of Tyrese Maxey immediately, I mean Tobias Harris is still a no show. But what else is new? Um, I think we'll figure it out honestly. Like. He's to, is he still playing as if he's the second option? And I think once he adjusts and realizes he just needs to spot up and then spot up and shoot or then or become become a spot shooter and cutter, once he gets that and, you know, his points per game will go down naturally because his touches are going down a lot. But I think he can adjust. He, he's, he'd be a great stretch for spot shooter and cutter because he has the size and enough athleticism to get up sometimes. I need him to, I need him to get traded, though. <laughs> yeah, wait till 2022-23 season for that. God damn, I've been wanting I've been wanting him to get traded so long, man. Like, just trade him. Like, who, who, who we waiting for? Philly, we, we can trade everybody else on the roster. Shit, I would have traded him before I would have traded Drummond and, and Seth Curry. Damn. But oh well, I mean, it is what it is. Um, but yes, I will say this. Like, back to what I said, Brooklyn, I do feel they won the trade. And we won't see that now, which I, I didn't suspect that we would see it now. I think that when Brooklyn finally is complete 
if they can ever get complete because you know we you know we 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 saw that famous um as Stephen A coined them big big weapon three uh with James Hart and Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving for like a total of 16 games if if I'm not mistaken yeah I think it was 16 so um if Ben Simmons, if Ben Simmons, Kevin Durant, and Kyrie can actually get on the floor together, with the pieces they have around them, they got a bunch of shooting. Um, they finally cut DeAndre Jordan. Oh no, 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 that was the that was the Lakers. Uh, I don't, I don't even know why I brought them up, but uh, yeah, um, when all of the pieces come together, I think that the Nets will be very, very dangerous. I don't know if that will be this season though. That's the question. That's the that's the thing to me. I think that this season is is Philly's time to strike. So at least immediately, the the Sixers won the trade. But I think over over time we will see that the Knicks, well the Nets. I'm sorry, I keep bringing up suck ass teams. Um, <laughs> the Nets, I think will will prove that they won that trade, especially with the fact that they got picks as well. I feel you. Wait, for clarification real quick. Do you know if those picks, were they Philly picks or were they picks team Philly got for other teams? For clarification, that's a great question. I believe they were our picks, actually. It was two two first-round picks, um, our 2022 and 2027 uh, first-rounders. Okay. Like 2022 pick is going to be like 25th overall. Yeah, it'll be like 25th. But I mean – I'll say this though. I feel like a pick is a pick because yeah, right. especially especially with the fact that it's a first round pick because um like look at Tyrese Maxey for example. He was a t- he was 21st if I'm not mistaken. He was taken lower in the first round and he looks great right now. Um I'm very high on him right now. I think um the one silver lining to me as a Sixer fan, my biggest concern and and like even when uh, James Harden was in Houston and he was the dude who would, who would drop like 60 and 30 and 40 every other night, I was concerned about us trading Ben Simmons for Harden because I didn't know how much longer James Harden had left. But with Tyrese Maxey playing the way he's playing, I think that we still have a future in Tyrese Maxey. And I think that Tyrese – is looking like somebody who could potentially be a superstar one day. Um, if he, oh, sorry, go ahead. I'm just saying, if he develops his ability to, to uh, uh, create for others, because he can, I think he can score 20 a night. And I also think that he can, he can get two, you know, up, upwards of two steals a night, depending on effort. But yeah, I, th- I think that Tyrese Maxey fits right in. And I think that he'll be the future piece that we need. So that's that's my that's the that's my thing. I get what you're saying. I don't know. Max is already looking better. Just with the second from the minute James Harden James Harden's gotten there, he's already looked much better. And not much better, but you can tell you can tell that James Harden's having a positive impact on his ability to play basketball. So that's interesting. But um, I don't know. I think I honestly think the Sixers won the trade in my opinion, because, like, at the end of the day, the goal is to win a championship. And the Sixers have greatly improved their ability, their chances of winning a championship this year. And if James Harden's still James Harden next year, which he probably will be, 
their chances are better now this year than they would have been. The chances are better next year than they would have been without James Harden. And for the simple fact that the Ben Simmons situation, like people are sitting here talking about like Ben Simmons or Chris Stops, Ben Simmons for Kemba Walker, Ben Simmons for CJ McCollum. And they ended up getting James Harden, uh, one of the 75 players, one of the best 75 players in NBA history, one of the top five scorers of all time. I'd say top three personally for a guy who uh, is scared to shoot layups over Trey Young, who doesn't, who isn't much of a scorer beyond being big and strong and athletic. And a guy who just didn't want to play for you. Like you got one of the greatest basketball players of all time for a dude who refused to go on the court. That's a win. Seth Curry, he will be missed. Drummond, he will be missed. But let's be honest here. Drummond is only good when he's playing backups at this point in his career. I, I, I like Drummond a lot. He's one of the best rebounders ever. But he's when he's when he tries to do a move against someone who's worth their salt, it is abysmal. He's not great. <laughs> like we've, we've all seen him do some real goofy shit. So in those first rounders, you traded two late first round picks and one in 2027, which no one gives a fuck about for one of the greatest players of all time. I think it's a win. James Harden is going to allow and be and be finally learn how finally learn how to like handle triple teams and double teams effectively. And now he, now you can't double and triple team him because he's going to kick out to James Harden. Who's going to drive in and swing it or drive in and draw a foul. And then, like we've seen against the Knicks the other day, those two are getting to the line a lot. And, like, Mr. Robinson and his backup, I think it was Jericho Sims on, on Sunday. It was. Both, it was. They both fouled out. Yeah. That's, that's something that's going to happen to other teams. Your starting center and your backup center are going to foul out. And then you're going to play, like, a 6-8 power forward at center against MB. And that is hell. So I just think a lot of – just the – the presence of James Harden alone is going to make life so much easier for Embiid when he's playing his greatest basketball. And then on the flip side, real quick, with Ben Simmons and the six on the, the Nets, we've seen what happens when uh, you have two non-shooters. Back when Embiid wasn't an elite shooter and Ben Simmons, teams just clog the paint and things get tough. And the Nets are going to play Andre Drummond and Ben Simmons at the same time with Kyrie and Durant and then one other shooter, assume, presumably Seth Curry, I'm guessing. And then that's going to force Kyrie, Durant, and Seth Curry to hit a lot of jumpers, which they're capable of doing. But if the defense is good and the shots aren't falling, the paint is not going to be available, available to them with Drummond's big ass and Ben Simmons not shooting ass on the court. And then we don't know if Ben Simmons is going to – We don't. He, he might just shit his pants every time he plays in a big, a big playoff game again. Like we don't know that. There's players we've seen players who just like. I remember I think his name is Nick Anderson. The Magic. He fumbled the bag off some free throws in the finals against the Rockets. And then after that, I remember seeing a documentary. The dude was just a bad free throw shooter for the rest of his career. Like, I'm not saying that's so that's what's gonna happen to Ben Simmons, but that shit can happen. And the way he's been acting, we don't know. We just don't know what he's gonna look like. So I just think the certainty of the Sixers situation versus the uncertainty of that situation makes the Sixers the winner, in my opinion. Although it was great for both teams, honestly, but um, just just to offset that, I mean, I would say this: um, they could play Blake instead of Drummond. Blake <laughs> or or, Blake. or Lamarcus or Lamarcus. All right, that's better. Like, they, I like they, they could play one of the they could play one of those two to offset that 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 paint. You know, the paint I get what you're saying, but 
but Steve Nash is his rotations have been questionable for two years straight. Hey, that's true. That's fair. And I can I don't foresee him fixing that this year. So that's that's my that's my issue. That's fair. That's the coach, fair. the coach, the man making the decision on the sideline is important in who wins and who plays. And Batman's going to he's going to play Drummond a lot more than Drummond should be playing. Or at least in situations where Drummond is not a good, you know, good lineup fit, or depending on who they're playing against. But we'll see. I did see him do some. some I did see him do some weenie shit the other day though, against the King. He threw like a behind the back pass. That shit was disgusting. <laughs> Wait, who threw it? Uh, Drummond. <laughs> yeah, he just be he just be doing things he just should not be doing. Yeah, he be. Like, yeah. The game against the Bucks on a Saturday, I think it was. They like Drummond tried to do some. He, he posted up. I forgot who who was posting up. It was Portis. He posted up Portis, was backing him down, and then he tried to do like a like a move and like just lost his footing and it fell on his ass. It's like, but we and we've seen him do that time after time for like eight years now. It's just like. He yeah, just Drummond doesn't understand that he's not—he's not that guy in that regard. Yeah, when he tried to do something that involves some skill in the open floor, he tried to act like he Miles Plumley. Right. And he—he's <laughs> just not that guy. He just be fun. He fumbled a bag. He turned that thing right over. I was like, yeah. oh man, him in the open floor is hilarious to watch. He be shacking the fool every time. Um, hmm. I was gonna say, I truly—I truly do like Drummond as a like, a like what he brings to the table. I think can be really good in the, if he like does if he plays to his strengths but there's just many times when he's on the court he just doesn't play to his strengths and it's just it just is bad at <laughs> those points but go ahead i'm sorry i'm gonna cut you off are you good yeah um <clears throat> it kind of bouncing off of um this trade um so yeah, with that being said, like I know, I know this, I know this was a huge move. Um, this is the second time already that we've seen a blockbuster trade take place for James Harden. Um, Third time. Well, okay, see, the Rockets was, was pretty big. I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't nearly as big though. Like I get what you're saying. Retrospect, it is because what he became, but in that moment, it was like. You know, James Harden gets a shot. I get your it was like it was like who was it? Kevin Martin. Yeah, yeah Kevin know. Martin was Kevin Martin was cool. He was a little, he had a little Jimmy on him, he had a little jump shot. It, it was just very much a traje- trajectory changing trade for it, it was a franchise that was supposed to be a dynasty. It was. I will. I mean, I, I'm <clears throat> at least in the at least in our history, like in in, in game time history. Mm-hmm. This is the second time we've seen yeah. a trade a major trade and with James Harden's name in it. So with that being said, what do you think was the move of the day? You know, like what 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 move stood out to you? And it could be the Harden trade. It could be something completely different. It could be something that happened even before the trade deadline. I guess the move of the day probably would be the Harden trade, but we just talked about it. So mm-hmm. just for the sake of bringing up something else. And this didn't happen on that day, but um, the Sabonis and Halliburton trade 
Oh, okay, 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 okay. Cosmo and the Blazers joint? <laughs> no, not even. Okay. Uh, well, yes, actually, yeah, I was thinking about, that's what I was thinking. But okay. yeah, yeah, that's a good, that's a good deal too. Yeah, just because like, the Kings really traded uh, up and coming guard for Sabonis, which is, Sabonis is better than Halliburton now, don't get me wrong. He's definitely a better player. Oh, yeah. And he's probably, he probably, they traded their second best player to get a player who's probably now their, their best player on their team. Right. Which is like, you know, they did improve. But it's interesting that they traded Halliburton for a guy who, um, you know, they'll probably get to, they're a better team for it overall. But I think Halliburton definitely just had a, you know, he had a lot more room to grow. And I think he had a big, a positive impact on the team. So it was just a surprise that they would trade someone who, who, who was definitely like a leader on their team, you know, just for just for a shot at the play in, which they're probably not going to make this year because they're still losing. But um, yeah, that was just, that was very interesting to me. I do like it for the Pacers though. That was a, that was a win. They got Halliburton, they got Buddy Heel. It's always helpful to have a shooter around, flip him for someone else down the line, down the line, or for something else down the line. And then Tristan Thompson was already gone, but. Yeah, I just thought that was interesting that they traded a young a young guard who's like really good. You don't see that all the time, especially for a player. Like you usually see that for like a like Brandon Ingram for Anthony Davis kind of thing, or like again with the Kings of all well, the Kings, Buddy Heal for Demarcus Cousins. Like at that point in time, Demarcus Cousins was like you know the fucking shit. But what Sabonis is a low tier all star. You know, he probably he wasn't one this year, and there's some years where he's like he's usually the last pick, one of the last picks of the All Star draft. So it was very interesting that they did that. It's just like some real king shit, you know. <laughs> oh yeah, it was some real king shit. That was not a good. That was not a good idea. If anything, in my eyes, I feel like they should have moved on from De'Aaron Fox and tried to keep Buddy healed somehow, and not even in acquiring Sabonis necessarily. But just moving on from De'Aaron Fox in general and just saying, okay, um, just new energy. And, and the thing is, you could have got, I feel like you could have gotten a lot more for, because a lot more for, for Buddy Heald. You know, like yeah. you package Buddy Heald with Tyrese Halliburton, who, and like they were saying this, um, I think Woj was saying a lot, the, 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 that trade shocked a lot of teams. It shocked a lot of people because, no one thought Halliburton was expendable. No one thought they could get their hands on Halliburton. And yeah. to move, you know, to move Sabonis and to get Halliburton and, and uh, Buddy Hill back is amazing. Like, yeah. like, the other, like the other players they traded were Justin Holiday and Jeremy Lamb with a second-round pick. And, you know, they got Halliburton, Beale, and Tristan Thompson. I mean, Tristan Thompson's gone already, but yeah, like that's that's amazing. Right. That you it got those like, two. Sorry. No, go ahead. I was gonna say it very much is like one of them trades that you can only pull off in two K. But then like somehow in real life it managed to manifest itself. That's what this trade looked like. I was just dumb. Like, was it definitely looks like it works in the trade finder in two K. Oh yeah, hell yeah. It <laughs> probably would. Like any logic the the logical sense of it is not there really but somehow man should happen in the real world and that's just very funny the kings the kings messed up big time i wouldn't yeah. say big time because i think the monica bonus is a really good young basketball player mm -hmm. 
And yeah. him and De'Aaron Fox, if they uh, ever manage to really get on the same page and operate a, a strong pick and roll together, they can be good. And I don't think they'll be – I don't think this is a playoff team because the, the play-in is so tight. We'll get into that a little bit later. But the play-in right now is so tight. And, like, anybody can get in. And uh, I guess speaking of the play-in, I'll talk a little bit about – the, the trade or trades that I thought were great. I think I'm not, it, it's, it's more than one move. It's what the Portland trailblazers have done to reorganize their roster. At first, when news broke that they traded Norman Powell and Robert Covington in the same deal and got back damn near nothing, you know, getting Eric Bledsoe, Justice Winslow and Keon Johnson with a second rounder. Um, I was like, what the hell are they doing? And then <clears throat> they moved CJ McCollum, Larry Nance, and Tony Snell a, a few days later and got back uh, Tomas Sadoransky, who I think it, he, I think he just signed with the Spurs, if I'm not mistaken. That's a team he, that's a team he, came, he came from at one point. Okay. Nothing was traded to the Spurs. I don't know. I don't know the hell. Who cares? Let's move on. Who cares about Senator Hanske? Actually, no, he's a wizard now. Okay. He's he a got wizard. Back on the I'm confusion. Yeah, I'm confused. He I think he's back on the wizard. I think he's on the wizards. So okay. and they got a first round pick. They got a couple more second rounders. They got Josh Hart. They got Nikhil Alexander Walker. But the key thing to pay attention to is A. Inferny Simons has risen and the Blazers have actually fought like hell lately and have played into a position where they could actually compete for a plan without Dane. And I would say that there's now some sort of hope in Portland because not only do they have trade assets, so I feel like they could get a third, a third, you know, like a, a third best player on a championship team kind of player with all the pieces they have or, you know, a, a, B, a B to C tier star, like, uh, like they were looking at Jeremy Grant, <clears throat> that may be something that, that may be available later, a dude like that. And also just having cap space because now they can, they, they'll have flexibility in the summertime to look and see if there's anybody that they can get their hands on to pair with Dame as opposed to a CJ McCollum, just because they felt like it didn't work. And I think that uh, Inferny Simons could take over at that two spot, and and then they could they could you know couple up some more pieces and really build something there. And Chauncey Billups is starting to look like one hell of a coach now. He's got them. He's got them fighting every night. So if they if they make the play in, then they could really be something in a few years. I, I really feel like they'll they'll definitely be something. So. I think that Portland overall had the moves of the trade, the you know, the trade deadline or before the trade deadline, although they didn't really make much noise during the trade deadline necessarily. Well, actually, I'm, I'm lying. They, they did get Joe Angles, even though he's done for the season. Yeah. Um, like you mentioned. But, yeah, they've been, they've been, like, really cleaning up when it comes to cap space. It's funny because Joe was gonna—he's gonna go right back to the Jazz next summer. We all know it. <laughs> That's the funny part about that. This is just confirmed he's on vacation early. 
and then like he's just gonna play out. He's just gonna be on the Trailblazers like by nomination only. It's very funny because <laughs> he's gonna be right back in Utah. Uh, I don't think he'll go back to Utah. He probably they uh, Utah. We'll get into that in a little bit, but um, I feel like Utah at this point kind of is starting to finally realize what what the hell everybody's been saying about them. Um, they, they need they need more flexibility at the wing spot. They need um, more athleticism at the wing. And did they uh, did they handle that properly? I don't think so. <laughs> no. Yeah. So I don't know. While while we're talking about the Jazz and their chances, because their trade deadline wasn't worth speaking about. How do you what, what do you think about the West right now? Given following the trade deadline. Uh, they got to kill Alexander Walker, um, which isn't a bad move. It's not, not a bad move. It's not a bad, not a bad move. It's not a like, great they're not move. Playing, they're not even playing him. That's my thing. It's like, you got to yeah. play out I will say this. The league, this is this is the most – I don't know if I said this to you the other day or not, but this might be the most parody that I think I've ever seen basketball have in my life, actually, because – in fact, it is because when I first started really watching basketball, I would say this was around the time when LeBron was going to Miami. And so when he was in Miami, there were only a few teams that were going to win. And then, you know, you had the the Cleveland versus Golden State era, <laughs> basically, of basketball. Mm-hmm. And so we saw those two teams in the finals for years. And then, you know, the past few years has been different, but you usually have a good idea of who the hell is going to win. This year, my God, like the West right now, Golden State looks terrific, and they're going to be terrific when it comes to playoff time. I will say this. They they looked terrific. They looked terrific until Draymond got hurt, and they've been pretty – they've been good. They've, they, they've still they've been, been, good. They've been good. They've been good. They're not like – if there's no Draymond, there's no shot. Basically, like I can see them losing in the first round if they don't have Draymond, because like they're they're. Mm, I would like, I wouldn't I wouldn't go that far. If they play Denver, you don't think Denver could take them out round one? No Draymond. With that, with Draymond, you think you, you, you think you think you think Dem- you think Denver gonna be an eight seed? Hell no, because no. Golden State is second right now. Memphis is like on their ass. If they fall to three and they play Denver. I can see now, that them. could that, they could lose in the first round without a dream. There's no dream line. Yeah, that's what I would like, be possible. Don't get me don't get me too excited because that would be a hell of a first round. Oh right, yeah, that would be mad fun. That uh, would be one hell of a first round. Jokic versus Curry. What? Mm-hmm. That would be amazing. That would be a fun yeah. ass matchup. Uh, but yeah, Memphis is speaking of Memphis is Memphis is looking great. Like Ja just looks terrific. He looks amazing right now. Like. Honestly, I, and I, I think I said this to you the other day too. Like, I think Stephen A is the one who said it. He said that the only thing like really messing the season up is certain players being out, like Kawhi Leonard and Jamal Murray and other yeah. dudes. Like, this season has really been good basketball. Like, a lot of players are playing their asses off and really doing yeah. well. And every night it's a good game. Like, and, and, and people people are really competing. So let, let me let me really get to it. So right now, Phoenix is playing really well without Chris Paul. And so to me, 
it, it it's 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 Phoenix. It's looking like Phoenix and Golden State. As long as Golden State is fully healthy, and Phoenix is fully healthy, I think those two teams right now are the world beaters, and they look like the two teams to beat in the conference. And I think that ultimately, the Western Conference Finals will feature those two teams. That's that's where that's where my head is right now. But I do think that we will have a very fun Western Conference picture when we get to the playoffs. Denver will have something to say if Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr. come back, which they both seem to be on pick, you know, on par right. to, to be at this point, especially if they can get, you know, rolling and really get you know, healthy. Uh, Utah is going to be the same team that they've been for years. I think at, at the very most, they're a second round team at the most. Mm-hmm. And that depends that, that if they run into the wrong team, they could go out in the first round this year. That's the, it's just looking like that. Cause you got Denver, you got uh, Memphis, Phoenix, and Golden State. I think they could lose a series against any one of those teams right now. How about um, Dallas? Dallas? Oh, see, that would be that would be super fun because Luca and Donovan Mitchell would both go absolutely crazy. Like Donovan would drop like forty almost mm-hmm. every night. And, and, and Luca would have like 30 point triple doubles every night, but then yeah. it would come down to the other player. I say right now, I think that the jazz would probably add, edge them in seven only because Donovan actually has some sort of help. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like he got yeah. three point shooters and stuff like that. They have experience and he has one of the best defensive players in the world. And until he's spread out, of course, and until he's at the three point line. But I think that would be like a six or seven game series, but, I agree. I just wanted to see your opinion. Yeah, I think Utah. I think Utah definitely is a first a, a first round team, maybe second round team, depending on how that goes. The Clippers. I'm just sad that Kawhi is not healthy because Ty Lue is coaching them, coaching them up very well. Um, the fact that they added Norman Powell and Rocco helps because they they can cover they can cover damn near any mm-hmm. anybody on the floor. And they can shoot the ball. They can light you up. So, yeah, the, the, it'll it'll come down to it'll come it'll definitely come down to I think Phoenix and Golden State. But we do have like a bunch of teams that are good, and then the playing is cool too because shit, we we don't even know if the Lakers are going to make the playoffs, which is crazy to think. Like, I don't, I, I can't believe that at this point, I'm saying like I don't like I I, I would have. I would have been like laughing at myself months ago if I would have been saying like, yo, late in the season, it's going to be like five or six teams that we're, that we know are great and that are going to be fun in the playoffs and the Lakers ain't going to be one of them. Right. So yeah, they're just a complete shit show. Yeah. They're, they're shit show. It's a mess. I feel bad for LeBron, even though I don't, I kind of don't because he kind (laughs) of put this, he put this together. He's one of the people who put this together. So Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's how I feel about the the West, though. It's a lot of great teams, but I think ultimately it will be Golden State and Phoenix if they're both healthy. And I'll just, at, you know, I'd have to just see how they're both playing and who they've, you know, who they played and how they played them, you know, up to that point to determine who I feel like my favorite would be going into that series. Because that would be, that would be an awesome series. Got you. Yeah, I have to agree, at least with those two. And like you mentioned, Denver, 
if uh, Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr. come back look resembling themselves in any form, any way, shape, or form, it could get real scary. And Denver could really rise up into that level. Oh, yeah. Uh, Memphis, I think Memphis having one of those, like, really good feel-good seasons. But, like, uh-huh. they're gonna, when they run into, like, one of the juggernauts, like, when they play, when they, if they let's say they get to the second round, uh-huh. assuming, and they're playing, it shit stays the same, they'd play Denver, which would be a very interesting series as well. But assuming they win off the strength of being the top, the higher seed, they'd have to play the Warriors next. And that sounds – I mean, the Warriors and Grizzlies have had, they've had good games this year. It's be, it's based on regular season results so far. The Grizzlies could beat them. And they but, had good – they had they had that great play-in last year too. And yeah. the Grizzlies actually beat them. Yeah. And, they, and both yeah. teams look better this year. When you look at the rosters, like, like they match up really, really well. Like, mm-hmm. let's go like, like Steph, Clay, Wiggins, Draymond, and uh, Looney – and you, you, you know, you compare that to John Morant, Desmond Bain, who's really fucking good. Desmond um, Bain is excellent. Dylan Brooks Zaire, really yeah, nice. Right. Desmond Bain is tough. Then he has Zaire Williams, although you can replace him with – like Dylan Brooks hasn't even been playing all year. So, like, he would honestly be, be the three. Oh, I forgot. Right. And Dylan Brooks was looking real tough last year. Oh, I forgot. Yeah. Let's assume he's healthy. Because once the playoffs start, you know, people just, people just pop up when the playoffs start. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah, Dylan Brooks was fire last year, though. That's crazy. Wow. That's the crazy part. Bain, Brooks, uh, Jaron Jackson, who's one of the best defensive big men in the entire league, and Steven Adams, who has the respect of every – you know, he's a respected defensive big man. Like, that five versus the Warriors five. It's formidable. Matchup-wise, it could go either – you know, the Grizzlies could pull off, pull off some games. Mm-hmm. So, that's interesting. But I do think they're going to lose just off of just off the fact that they're young. But like, if I could pick any, like, let's say I had the shot to be on any NBA team right now, I'd be on the Grizzlies. It, that's like that's the most fun team to like. They en- truly enjoy being on each other's team, and like that's some shit I want to be a part of. If I was you a can player. see it. Yeah, last, yeah. Last night, Josh, shout out to John Moran. He dropped fifty two last night, and they they couldn't be happier for him. They seem right, like, like they the covers they've been producing, bro. Yeah, like <laughs> they was. Pictures. Yeah, like they was. They was taking pictures with them, and 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 you know, yeah, they they seemed like they was having a great time last night. Yeah, so I, I think that does take you a long way. I don't expect the Grizzlies to be like like they're my sleeper team. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know it's, hard, it's it's crazy to say that the third seed's a sleeper, but just with the fact that's the Warriors and the Suns, it's kind of really it's really hard to imagine anyone else breaking into that. But and I'm a, I'm gonna say this too. Up, they got right. it. They they right. can they can do it based off matchups. I'm going to say this, though. If they run into the Suns, though, I, I think that the Suns are not a good matchup for them. Yeah, yeah. I, I think the Suns are a good matchup. I agree. I think the Suns would send them home a lot quicker than the Warriors would just based on yeah. matchups. Yeah. And that's why if, you, if the Grizzlies can get the second seed, because they're only one game behind Golden State for two, the two seed, mm-hmm. if they can get that two seed – they have a great path to the, you know, to the conference. I, will, I guess two or three, regard, regardless, they have that path. But they have the two seed. They'll have home court over the Warriors in the series, mm-hmm. which is, you know, that's, that could be useful. Very important I, I yeah. like at this point. And, I mean, granted, I will say this. Clay Thompson, Clay Thompson is a little different in the playoffs, too. Yeah. We'll see. He's, 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 still, he's still working his way back. Yeah. Yeah, that's 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 why I think it's doable. Because right now, just the way play looks right now, 
it's like him and Desmond Bain are kind of like equal, right? Right. It's not like it's not like, if it's like full on Clay, like you know, pre injury Clay. It's like he's you know, obviously he's way over Bain, but right now he just he's he just he's a he's a good starting two guard right now. But yeah, I think that's that's kind of it for me really with the West picture. It's like Dallas is like Luca's just doing his LeBron impression. And it's just not gonna. It's just not gonna go well. The league is, is a little different. You can't just necessarily one man show it in that in the way Luca does. Yeah, I mean, uh, even when Harden was doing it with Houston, it didn't work out well. And Harden's no. teams were better. Mm-hmm. Harden's a better player, <laughs> but yeah. um, you know, at that at least at that time, like when he, Harden was in Houston, he's better than Luca. I'm sorry to say, it's just the facts. Better shooter, better everything. Yeah. But anywho, <laughs> anywho. His team was better, and it still didn't work. So, and the league wasn't as tough as it is now. Yeah, overall, I mean, you had the Warriors, but uh, yeah, like the Warriors, but that's about it. Yeah, in the West, I mean, you you had you had teams that had the other little runs, but the, the league is a little different now. Yeah, a lot different. It's it's so much it's so much parity, like yeah, for real, like. Like I can't definitively like I, I really can't definitively say that like right now, for example, a a Grizzlies team could beat the Jazz right now. Like in a seven game series. I can't definitively say that. Like I could say that, but I don't know if I can say it definitively. The you know, the, the Denver, if they get Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr. back, I can't definitively say that I don't know, like maybe even Phoenix could could like just knock them off, you know, so easily. Like mm-hmm. it, it it'll really be it'll be very very tough. Like this these these Western Conference playoffs are going to be very very tough, very very tough. And like we we saw it the other day, like just on Sunday, just a couple of days ago, the the Jazz played the Suns. And that game came down to the very last second. And then Denver, well, uh, uh, Dallas had a 21, uh, like a 21 point deficit against Golden State and came back and beat them. So it's just like, you can go anywhere with the West. And anything can happen. And so, I mean, I guess enough love with the West. So like, how do you, how do you feel about the East right now? What are you thinking? The East is interesting just because, like, the trade deadlines has a lot more implications mm-hmm. on the East. Yep. I guess we can, since we start off talking about the, you know, the who, the teams we believe we can contend with the East is just a lot harder, honestly. Because you got, I'll just start with the, the one seed just for out of respect. But, like, you got Miami, who's somehow been winning games unhealthy. And, you know, they finally got all their, all their starters back now. But just defensively, that crew is just crazy with, with um, Lowry, Duncan Robinson, who's not a great defender himself, but, you know, he's surrounded by Jimmy Butler, P.J. Tucker, and then Bam Adebayo. And that team just – this is a very tough team to play against. They can they can shoot the lights out. They have probably, I think, the best coach in the entire league with Spolstra. And they have a solid bench. They have Tyler Hero. But we'll get into it later. But I think he, the, I think the media has already gave him six man of the year at this point. Like, literally from the first game, he had a good game. He had a good two games. You're like, all right, he got the award. 
basically, but that's neither here nor there. He's not, it's not like he doesn't deserve it. And then, so just moving on from them real quick, you have Chicago, who I feel like, in least in terms of teams that, like, are really good and they make the playoffs, they're just giving me, like, jazz vibes. Like, obviously for, for different reasons, but I think they're going to get in there and they can be upset, I feel like, in a playoff series just because they just don't have the defense, I feel like. I mean, they have Alonzo Ball and and Alex Caruso on the perimeter, and Ayo Desunu on the perimeter as well. Like they have good good players to guard the point of, point of attack, like, you know, the main ball handlers and things like that. But they have no answer for the Giannis's, the Durant's, the Tatum's, the Embiid's. They don't have any answers for that. So even Jimmy Butler could give him help on any given night. Although um, I, I brought this up to Brandon and uh, Aaron, but I'm, I don't know if you heard of this, but like people are saying like, if uh, Jordan played in today's NBA, he'd look like the Rosen. Have you ever heard of that? You never heard that joke? <laughs> I don't even know how to react. Like, that's <laughs> funny. Like, that's just funny. Like, have you heard that before though? I need to know. I have not. Yeah, I'm, I'm having such a Mandela effect moment with this shit. It's blowing me. Like, I feel like I feel like this has been common knowledge or a common known joke, but apparently I'm the only one who's ever heard of it. Yeah, but it's, anyway, it's not ringing a bell. But the point I'm trying to make is that like it's funny that I I guess maybe I'm the only one who heard that joke. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm the one who thought of it. I don't fucking know. But like the point is that like it's funny because now DeRozan is in Chicago and he really is on some Jordan shit for real. <laughs> so like it is very interesting, mm-hmm. but despite all that, I just don't think they have. They don't. They in the East, you need you need someone who can guard these long defend these long scores, these long tall big scores, big and strong, and they don't have that. And I think that's going to be their downfall. Like, I think they're they could be upset. Out of all the teams like in the top six who are making it outright, or I guess I should say the top four, because once you're like not pull the force, you're you're considered the team that's going to upset. Now, the teams in the top four, they have the biggest upset potential to me. Mm-hmm. Like, I think Philly and Milwaukee are the two teams in the East who have the biggest shot overall. I think right now I have to give the edge to Philly. I don't know. I don't know. It's just so hard. But I think Philly has the edge right now. I mean, Although, just, we'll see how, well, how Doc Rivers uh, does with his coaching in the, in the playoffs. But Yeah, that is going to be a big question mark. Yeah. Shout out, shout out to shout out to Cleveland. They're 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 like you know the the East Grizzlies. They're just they're they're doing their thing. They're gonna get to the playoffs, and they might just prove to be a little too a little too young, a little too raw. And then my Celtics looking. They've been they've been making some moves. They've been climbing the ranks, winning yeah, a lot Derek, of games. Getting Derek White with, and, and Daniel Tice back with good moves. Yeah, they were good moves. They're definitely definitely some fringe moves, but they helped a lot. I'm so glad Schroeder is no longer on the team. He was this. It's not that he's bad. He just like. He, he plays like he's in his own world, and it's just, like, he'd be a great big three player. Like, the Ice Cube shit. <laughs> <laughs> he'd be a great big three player. Like, <laughs> MVP. But it'd be him and Joe Johnson just going toe-to-toe every night, swear to God. But he'd just be, like, you get, like, the on the fast break, he'd just, like, be pushing and then just stop and slow down out of nowhere when it's, like, a two-on-one or three on one. It's like, bro, what the fuck? And he'll he'll stop, stop, wait for the defense to catch up, do like a, a half spin, and then come back and just throw up some bullshit at the rim. He's just frustrating to watch. I'm so glad he's like in Houston. He can have a blast there. Yeah, I just can't. 
he's good. He just should not be – he should not be starting ever handling the ball more than anybody else. Mm-hmm. But anywho, I just think overall Boston's roster is not good enough to win. Like, we talked talk about this over the weekend a little bit too, just on the phone. But, you know, you have Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. But then after that, who the hell is supposed to score the basketball? And that's like – Derek White. <laughs> it's a team game. Derek White's not even like – I think Marcus Smart would be our next best scorer at this point. Jeez, that's bad. That's bad news. If Derek White has a better per um per game, you know, over points per game overall, but like since he's been on the Celtics, he has not been like scoring. He's only averaged like eleven a game. So yeah, I just think one that's not enough. You need you need more solid scorers. So, but our defense is is godly. And then I mean the teams that play in, they're not really. I guess the Nets are the only team we're talking about if you're talking about, like, chances. But they're, like, too many what-ifs. It's like that Marvel series what-if. <laughs> That's, like, you can make a whole a whole season off the fucking Brooklyn Nets off this year. Mm-hmm. What if what if uh, they have a, the what-if of Kyrie being unvaccinated and uh, currently – I know they're just saying the mandate's going to get lifted, but what if it doesn't? And then Ben Simmons – He's not – we don't know when he's going to play a game. And then when he comes back, what if he's not in game shape? What if he's – what if he's still timid when he's playing in big, like, you know, big seas? Like, I know the Atlanta thing was, like, you know, that was when – that's when everyone was on his ass. But, like, even when he played Boston in the playoffs, the dude had, like, a game where he had, like – he didn't score a basket because Boston was just too much for him. And then what if he keeps doing that and you can't really – you know, that's just not going to work. That just doesn't help anybody when – and then Durant, what if he comes back and he's not entirely healthy? And what if, or what if he comes back too early and gets hurt? And then uh, Steve Nash, what if his rotations are some shit? He's not playing Nick Blackson like he's supposed to. Like everyone's been calling for, <laughs> for the last few years. Golly. You know, just so many what ifs. And it's just like they have more, they have like more what ifs than like every team in the East combined. What if Ben Simmons, Kyrie, and Katie don't fit together? Right. And like, and again, and like, again, like the Steve Nash is like, I, I mean, I, I can't, I just have a hard time knowing whether or not he's actually good at making calling plays because he's been blessed with having James Harden, Durant, and Kyrie Irving on the same team. So he literally doesn't have to call plays. He has three offensive geniuses on right. his team. But like with Ben Simmons, and Ben Simmons is a great playmaker, wonderful vision. But in terms of like positioning himself and shit like that, he's not a genius. No. He doesn't know, he, he, he's not a shot creator. So like, he needs coaching on the offensive end when he doesn't have the ball. And like I said, we all, we, we all know it. They're going to play him and Drummond. They both occupy the same part of the court, which is like literally they can't stand any further than their height to be – if they're any further than their height, they're useful in the basketball loop. So – or useless, excuse me. Mm-hmm. So I just think there's too many what-ifs, bro. Like Brooklyn, is, they're going to make the playoffs. Like there ain't no way they're getting kicked out the play-in. But – there's just too many what us for me to believe they're going to win a series. And, like, you can see, like, game to game with Kyrie there and Kyrie not there. They just, they just have to play different. Just, there's no consistency there. I just think they kind of wasted a year, which is unfortunate. But we'll see. Yeah, we'll definitely see. I do think that it will come down to, as you said, Milwaukee and Philly. I'm giving Philly the edge on that just because I feel like James Harden is – like much better than uh, like like Joel Embiid and Giannis are really close. Like you, even if you even like even if you're giving Giannis the edge, 
Yeah, I can um, say James Harden. James Harden is far superior to the next best player on the team, on the Milwaukee Bucks. And then Tyrese Maxey and Tobias Harris aren't that far behind Drew Holiday and Chris Middleton, and so on. And we can just go on down. But like, it would be a good matchup. And Brook Lopez hasn't really played much, and they got Serge Ibaka now, so it would be. It would be very interesting, but I do think that they are the two teams. I will say this, Miami is scary only because of the fact that they're not, they are probably the least top heavy team of all of the contenders in the the, the Eastern Conference, but they are by far the deepest team in my opinion. Oh um, yeah, definitely. Like, like you can, you can run down the list, like, I'll be forgetting they have certain players. They got so many good players like Bam Adebayo, Jimmy Butler, Kyle Lowry, PJ Tucker, Duncan Robinson. Max Struess <laughs> has been balling. Uh, Caleb Martin, or, or or is it Cody or Caleb? I don't know, but that must the one on the one on the Heat. Yeah, crazy. one on the Heat is balling. Uh, <laughs> Tyler Tyler Hero, Dwayne Dedman has given them great minutes off the bench. Uh, Gabe Vincent been, been hooping too. Gabe Vincent, and the thing, and and they also talking about that they might get Victor Oladipo back soon. That's ten dudes right there, right? That we talking about, okay. and they're probably the only team in the the entire league who has ten dudes who can play in the playoff series for long for extended minutes. Yeah, for extended minutes, right? Right, because most because most dudes can play can play in the playoffs, but it's just about can you play. 20 30 minutes with a coach with a coach's trust and i i do agree with what you said about spo i do think that spo is on a different level right now coaching wise i think that he's separated himself there are some other coaches who i think have done a really like are really in that echelon but i think that he is the the cream of the crop at the moment his rotations aren't shaky he his he he strategizes very well team by team and he puts his team in the best position to win, regardless of who he has on the floor, usually. So Miami is very deep, but I think, again, they're the least top-loaded team. So that's going to hurt them, ultimately, against the Giannis Antetokounmpo. Like, that would, like, I, could, I can't definitively say that the Bucks would beat the Heat, especially if, if the Heat were healthy. But... I do believe that the Bucks would still. I, I, I do think the Bucks would win, but I'm not. I can't. I can't just like definitely yeah. say that. Like, you wouldn't be shocked if the Heat won the series, but right. You very much are expecting Miami or Milwaukee to to take them out in the situation that they do play each other. Exactly. Philly. Philly. I think. I think that if Tobias Harris, if Tobias Harris comes alive, Philly could probably be the best team in the conference. The Chicago Bulls, I also agree with your sentiment about them being the team with the most upset potential just because they don't have the defenders to deal with a Giannis Antetokounmpo or Kevin Durant or a Joel Embiid. And DeMar- And the thing is, their only saving grace, to be honest, is just that them being able to stay in a game and then be able to give it to DeMar late. Uh, yeah, that's that's kind of what their saving grace will be in the playoffs. Right absolutely amazing in the fourth quarter this year right so you hit both beaters back in like two days back to back like that's just mm-hmm. he's just he's just built he's just built this year yeah so 
if that's what you're banking on to be um to 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 beat people in the playoffs, they could lose to Boston. Mm-hmm. We're being realistic because the thing yeah. is, if they play against a like a Boston team, it's kind of it would be the clash of styles because I think that the the Bulls have a lot of offense going on, and the Celtics have a lot of defense. So it kind of it kind of would come down to a, like I think it, it'll be uh, based on styles and all that. I think the Cavaliers like it, I, I like what you said about the Cavaliers too, like them being this conference's Grizzlies, uh, only with less talent. Yeah. Um, and I do like the Karis Levert move though. I think he'll help out a lot. But yeah, overall, like I'm bouncing around right now. But yeah, overall, I would say that it will come down to Milwaukee and Philly at least this year, unless the Brooklyn Nets just, like, all of those ifs just work out perfectly. Like, if, if everything works out perfectly, the Brooklyn Nets could be, they would probably, they would be one of the most talented teams in the conference. Yeah, yeah if, if, if everything worked out perfectly, they'd, I'd pick them easy. But right. they, have, they have so many ifs, there mm-hmm. is no way everything's working out perfectly. Right. Therefore, there is no way I'm picking them. Right. <laughs> like, it's just... They have too many question marks for reality to just break even like that. It's just impossible. Right. So, yeah, I think that Miami is a – I would say right now they're a second-round team at at, the, at best. I think Philly and Milwaukee will meet in the conference finals like they should have a year ago. Yeah. Um, I think Chicago could go out in the first, maybe even the second, uh, depending on who they play in the first round, though. Um, right now, I'm looking at the standings at the moment. Right now, assuming the playoffs start today, they play. They play Toronto at seven. They probably beat Toronto. Yeah, I think it would go like four six. six. Yeah, I think it would go six. Yeah, Toronto, Toronto is okay, but like they're just that they're okay. Like Fred like shout out to Fred Van Vliet, shout out to Scotty Barnes, Pascal Siakam, aka Spin Move, is playing a little yeah. better this year, but. They just have a lot of like they have a lot of what they have a lot of what um Chicago cannot handle just those long wings. Mm-hmm. Cause Scotty Barnes is good as hell. Hell yeah. Uh, and none of OG is pretty good. OG's good too. Um, yeah. Pascal Siakam, you know, a team against the team of Chicago, he'll eat. You know, he has an all star year, and I'm missing a couple of players at this point. But like, and Gary Gary Trent's been pretty good too. But I think they have, they have they have the things that Chicago can't handle, but they don't have it at like a good enough capacity to beat them. I think. And three is not going to get to six in that series. Right. And then like the Wizards, they're just a mess at this point. They're just a bunch of players just playing together. So I don't think they're going anywhere. The Hornets, they're just a fun team right now. That I don't I don't think they'll go anywhere. Yeah, for the most part, it it, it really like because. I think the the West is a little different where I could say I could definitively say about five, six teams where in, in the East it'll come down to about four, maybe five teams. No, no, it'll come down to four teams. I, I feel like it comes down to Miami, Philly, and Milwaukee. Ultimately, again, as I said before, I think it'll come down to Philly and Milwaukee, but I think that Miami does have some upset potential because they they are so deep. And then if everything breaks even, like as we said earlier, if everything breaks even, or at least most things break even with Brooklyn, they would be in it because they have Kevin Durant and Kyrie. 
don't know. Just a lot of matchups. It's just about matchups. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I already expressed how I feel about Boston not being able to make the finals, but like, let's say you know, there's certain there's, things break a certain way. Like, let's say we play Philly and there's an injury to like Embiid or Harden. Boston could take because they're they're the sixty right now to at least three. Boston could take them out if there's an injury to one of their star players, especially with uh, you know Philly giving up. Seth Curry and Drummond, it, it, it hurts. It hurts a lot in that regard. And then who they put after that? Chicago in the second round. See if Chicago gets there. Like we said, Boston could beat them. Yeah. And then Milwaukee would be another story. But Milwaukee, I know their regular season hasn't been that great. They, they haven't been like world beers in regular season, but I still they, trust they've them. been chilling. Their foot isn't yeah. really on the pedal yet. I think yeah. that you know, yeah, their, their foot is their foot is not on the pedal, and they haven't yeah. been healthy all season. So. But like, let's say they let's say they have really been like let's say we were saying that, but they get the playoffs. And shit, shit ain't so sweet. But they they get they get to uh, the conference finals. Mm-hmm. You know they, they 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 might get beat. So it's just I think the East is really just very very much matchup dependent. I feel like and I feel like with the West, it's like we 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 both know we both strongly feel it's Phoenix and the Warriors, mm-hmm. but. In the East, it's very, it's very much like about matchups. Again, like we both we both feel as well. Philly and Milwaukee teams to beat, but things break even for certain teams. It you really could you might see something surprising. So it's like, very interesting. Yeah, like I think I mean I mean I think I think there's a little less I think there's a little more clarity though in the Eastern Conference than the West though because I think the opposite. I think in terms. Because the Eastern Conference, I really think that there are only, like, in the Eastern Conference, there are only, I think, really three teams that I can picture in the finals coming out of the Eastern Conference. Four, if, again, as we said, the Nets have everything work out perfect, which we both at this point don't believe things can come out perfect. Like, I, I can only picture Philly, Milwaukee, and in a perfect world, Miami. So, so I, I got two teams, three in a perfect world, and four if you know everything just mysteriously pieces together for, for the Nets. Right. Where in in the Western Conference, I could see I could see at least four teams definitely like definitively getting there. I can I can picture at least four teams getting there. Like yeah. So basically it's like four, it's like four to three. Like basically. So it's okay. a little, a little, a little clearer. Like, like the 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 West, I can see Memphis getting there. I can see Phoenix getting there. I can see Golden State getting there. And then again, Denver, which it's not it's not a what if, it's just about kind of like just piecing yeah, together very obvious like two there's two right. things need to happen and and both of those things are on the way and they just need to kind of just play out so i think denver could very much be in the picture as well so i, I think that um and, and 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 i and again like utah and dallas are two teams that are really damn good and can and can shake things up like i feel like utah could take one of those teams out yeah, and I can yeah. see one of those four teams in the finals. So I, again, that's what that's why I feel like because like I, I don't think 
of the of the the three teams that I mentioned, right? In the East, the Miami, Milwaukee, and Philly. I don't see any of the other teams beating them. Like I think I think that when Miami goes down, mm-hmm. if they go down, it will have to be Philly or Milwaukee doing it and vice versa. I think okay. that if Milwaukee um loses, it would have to be by Philly or Miami's hand. And the right. same thing with Philly. Where I think that Utah could stun um they could stun a Memphis team or somebody or, or 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 I don't I don't know if they could I don't know if they could well they could they could beat Dallas. They could beat Dallas. It it it, it it's it's almost happened before. Like I, you have to remember that like Dallas Mavericks now they they don't have Porzingis anymore. It's literally just completely the loop. Well, not show. Dallas, Denver. I mean, not Dallas, Denver. Denver. Okay, Dallas. okay. Yeah, okay. Dallas, Dallas, Dallas. I think they would just give somebody a hard time because the thing because yeah. this is we we are talking about a Dallas team that for the past two years has given the Clippers hell. And the Clippers are the same team that took out the number one seed last year. And the year before that, we were expecting them to compete with the Lakers who ultimately won the championship. So even without Przingis, like, again, it's always been the Lucas show. Like, Przingis would be out half the time anyway. That's so true. so we, we are talking about and, – and and their 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 defense has been a lot better this year than it's, it's yeah. been in the past years. Yeah. Because of Jason Kidd, the defense like their defense, their defensive efficiency has been much better. So, it ultimately, a Dallas team could give one of these other teams a very difficult a series. And I don't know if they could beat one of the teams, but I think they could give them a very difficult series and shake things up. So I think the West is a lot more wide open right now, but I do think that. It'll it'll again ultimately come down to uh, Golden State and Phoenix, and I have those two as my favorites right now. Until you know, if, if we all, if we do get to that matchup, then I'll have to I'll have to choose, and then we'll go from there. Right, I feel that. Okay, I guess for time's sake, we should move on to the major work candidates, which is our last part for today. Right, but why don't we just do it like? I guess pick your favorite and then maybe an honorable mention that you have mm-hmm. for each one. Okay. You know, just for time's sake, because then we'll be, we'll be sitting here for a long time just talking about all, all of them. So, mm-hmm. um, who's your MVP pick? Uh, right now it's Joel Embiid, and then honorable. Yeah, I, I, I'd say it's it's between three players right now. It's it's like Joel is my favorite. And then the other two for me are Ja and, and Demar. All right, I like it. And that order that order rotates. I feel like obviously, right? Depending on who has a big game on which night. <laughs> right, because they both do some wild shit. Like this nigga, um, Demar, he's been doing this. He's been doing like crazy stuff for like the past month now. Um, getting thirty pieces and six boards and ten assists and hitting clutch shots in the fourth quarter. And then Ja, he's like just dunking on everybody, and they're winning games and all that. So it's, it's it flips, but I think Joel Embiid ultimately is still number one. All right. Yeah, this year is very hard. I feel like there's four there's four players who I just want to give the award to this year mm-hmm. if I had that power. But mm-hmm. I think for me, I agree. Embiid's my my pick. 
And then Arvo mentioned, I guess I'll see the other three. Like you mentioned, Ja, who I think is probably second at this point. Like, again, mm-hmm. this, the, the media has been saying a lot of Jokic and beat Giannis, Jokic and beat Giannis. But, like, we cannot ignore what Ja's been doing. His team is the three seed, and people mm-hmm. expect them to be playing. Like, you got to respect In the this. West. In the West. In the West. Yeah. I will I do think the East is a, is a, is a tougher conference this year overall. Right. So, nonetheless, the West, the, the being the top, that upper echelon of the West is insane. So, mm-hmm. like, I think he's second. And then, you know, again, DeMar, like you mentioned, just looking very Jordan-esque. And then Jokic has been a one-man band for real, for real. Like, he has he has a otherwise solid player is looking looking pretty good sometimes just off of his off of his presence alone. Mm-hmm. Like, just the, the, pre- the attention he commands, like, allows, you know, players to get them, them open threes for game winners just because everyone's just double-teaming him off rep. And that's one thing you can't double just because his pass is amazing. But, yeah. That's interesting. That MVP race is very interesting this year, but Embiid has the edge right now. But I do think he can be overtaken. You know, if he misses a few games, I think someone else, someone can leapfrog him. Yeah, facts. So, what, what, um, what, what you looking at for defensive player of the year? <sighs> this year is it's kind of it's pretty hard for me personally. I'm yeah. trying to think. God, I don't know who to pick for this one at all. A lot of people have been saying Giannis, and, and I don't know if I don't know if Giannis is because like it's hard for me because at one point definitely was Draymond, but he's mm-hmm. missed so much time. It's like you can't even you can't even say him anymore. Yeah, but I guess since I, I don't have a definitive person right now, like I truly don't. But some players, like I, no, I'm thinking about Jaron Jackson's been really good. Mm-hmm. He's like I know everyone's talking about John Morant this, John Morant that, but. The the way he's the way he's been playing defense has helped the team a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, Jared Allen and Evan Mobley together are just crazy, but I guess probably Jared Allen. I'd probably yeah. end up picking him. That's not fair. Those two right. are not fair. And then you know you gotta put in, you gotta respect Embiid and Giannis. Of course, they're both putting in masterful. They're just masterful defenders year in and year out. Mm-hmm. Um, I do want to say shout out Robert Williams. Shout out Robert Williams because. Boston is like I think they're the second best defense in the league right now, mm-hmm. and they've you know I've, I've heard about a bunch of different podcasts. I'm not gonna like act like I'm the one who discovered this or anything, but like they they've been playing Robert Williams like on the wing guarding like the corner shooter now lately, and like mm-hmm. Al Horford play the paint. So like once Al Horford inevitably gets dragged in the pick and roll because that's what every team does. Right. Robert Williams kind of shifts and plays a help defender role and just. It's just deleting shots or just altering shots, like as a help defender out the corner, and it truly is like very key to what Boston's doing defensively. Which is nuts to think about. So like, I guess out of all the players I mentioned, you know, Robert Williams stand account. So I'm not gonna say him. Just I'll, it's it's Homer, Homerism about the ass, but right. I'm gonna go. You know, what? I'm gonna say why not? Why not Jaron? Why not a uh, Jaron Jackson? Because he's been. If you look at the numbers, he's been amazing. I'd right. say him or Jared Allen are probably the picks I'd want, but we all know they're, it's probably going to end up in Giannis's hands just because, like, he's, he's, he's popular. I hate, he's popular. I hate that. And I hate that. Like, I really hate that. That it, it just winds up, like, like sometimes like it's, it's kind of crazy because sometimes when uh, players get awards, it's like, I don't want I don't want that player to get that award. He always gets it, but then it's, it's the other side of, he should have got that this year because he was the best player. So it's mm-hmm. it's like it's interesting, but 
I just don't. I just don't know if he truly is the best this year, though. No, I don't think so. There's a lot of good candidates this year, right? But I think when that hap- I feel like when that happens, sometimes just give it to the guy who, who is the easiest to give it to. Uh huh. And in that case, to be honest, right. But yeah. And how about you? What are your What are your thoughts on that one? I wanted to say Draymond. I'm kind of mad that Draymond is like not I guess he's down right now it sucks because he was he's definitely that dude and they they actually like Golden State they actually lead the league in defensive rating right now if I had to give it to someone specific I'd probably look at I I might like look at an upset here and go with Jared Allen to be completely honest I, or, I like I like him and Jared Jackson or anybody else right now personally. Yeah, because Cleveland right now is number four in in, in uh, defensive rating right now, and they're they're really like they're playing really well. Also, a sleeper for this award, and he you know statistically he's probably not one of the greatest players right now, but somebody who I think has really shifted the culture of a team is uh Pat uh, Pat Bev. We talk. That's interesting choice. Yeah, we, we we talk a lot of you know we talk a lot of smack about Pat Bev and and you know just just you know him as a as a as a person, but what he has for what he's done, you know, adding a little a, a little bit of a lift when it comes to just the defensive culture and just the culture in general of the team and you know having him in the starting lineup, um, he's made them a better basketball team. I feel like. And they're one of the best teams in the league in steals right now as well. And I feel like he, he has something to do with that. So Yeah, definitely. Um, I feel like those those are a couple of players that I would mention mm-hmm. in that category. He gets the most influential defensive player award. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that is influence definitely should not be understated. Right. Okay. Let's jump to coach of the year. Who you got? Coach of the year. Coach of the year. That's a good one. Um, I, I'd probably just say the coach who didn't win it a year ago, Monty Williams. Okay. I, I think he's probably the most clear and obvious choice for that award. I would say a runner-up would definitely be J.B. Bickerstaff. You could also throw – who's Memphis' coach right now again? Um, uh, Taylor Jenkins? Yeah, I yeah. like him too. I, say, I would say those probably are my top three. You know, J, JB, Taylor Jenkins, but I think that ultimately the leader is um, Monty right now because they've just been so great. And then with even without Chris Paul, they're still a hell of a basketball team. And like the streaks that they've gone on, I like I think they went on multiple streaks of at least like eleven games, one in a row, something like that. So mm-hmm. yeah, they, they're cooking. They're cooking the league. So I, I would have to go with the with uh, Monty. Okay. I like those. Those are. It's very hard. That's another way. It's really hard. There's some really surprising coaching jobs this year. For me, I was kind of thinking. Again, this is another one. It's too. It's just too close for me right now to tell. Mm-hmm. I was kind of thinking Billy Donovan. Okay. Chicago, like, just took these three dudes who were just leading mediocre teams and put them together, and they fit. They made them fit despite questions of fit. But coming into the year, even like we questioned it as well. But yeah, kind of putting just putting DeRozan and Levine in positions to, to really succeed. Lucevic buying in. Of course, that's not 
old, old, you know, the coach, the coach doesn't say all the credit for that, but you know, the coach has to foster that kind of environment and desire to, you know, that's something that the coach has to foster as well, in addition to the players. But um, and they had a lot of injuries this year too, and they're still second in the East. Now, if they were fully healthy, I mean, I guess you could say same, same thing about Miami. If Miami's fully healthy, they probably would be like 50 and like 11 at this point. But I guess um, Chicago too, like this missing Levine, or yeah, Levine's missed some time. Everyone's missed some time on Chicago, basically. And they're currently out without Lonzo and Caruso for an extended period, and they're still doing well. So I'll go with, I'll probably say them just to pick somebody, honestly, because there's just so many good options this year. But again, like you mentioned, uh, Taylor Jenkins was probably who I was thinking of next, um, like next to my list, just because, again, like the, again with the culture thing, like that's just, he's a big part of that. You know, he's helped the team. He's just helped a lot of players grow, a lot of like Desmond Bain, putting him in the position to succeed and all that. Of course, there's opportunity with injuries and things like that, but the Grizzlies is just a major surprise this year and the coaching job, like even when Jadal was hurt, they won mad games. Like early in the year when we we're like, oh no, the Grizzlies done before before they lifted off. They started lifting off while Ja was hurt. And then he came back and the, the train kept rolling. So that's just something that you definitely need to like account for. Like he was doing this without with a team of like because people describe the Grizzlies as like Ja and the boys. But like they were they're they've won, been able to win without him. And that's because the coaching was just spectacular. So, yeah, those are the only two I'm really thinking about for real, for real. Although, of course, of course Mark Williams deserves some respect, too. Like, the Suns are the only team that are far and away better than everybody else, record-wise. But, yeah, sixth man of the year, who you got? Oh, it's kind of an easy one. It's looking like Hero right now. Yeah, it's, I agree. It's looking, like, it's looking like Hero on a landslide. I mean, no one has really stepped up. I mean, like, you could have said – Maybe somebody in Golden State like Jordan Poole, or but he started yeah. he was starting a lot of the year. Um, you could say like maybe uh, yeah, like Gary Payton, maybe at the early at the beginning of the year, like at the very beginning. You could say Caruso, maybe. Yeah, I think I, I think it was like Caruso's only option I was thinking of other than Hero, but Caruso's been out for so long. It's kind of like right. Eh. So it's, it's looking, it's looking like, it's looking like Tyler Hero's award in a landslide. Right. Yeah. So we just move on from that one. Um, rookie of the year, who you got? That's a tough one. No, it's not. I'm lying. Evan Mobley. <laughs> Easily. Yeah, it's Evan Mobley. Because like, Cade Cunningham has been decent. You know, like all of the, I would say all of the rookies this year that were supposed to be something were decent this year, mm-hmm. but like. The the, the 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 duo of Evan Mobley and Jared Allen is just different, and it's it's, right. it's really he's really helped to change a culture. Like it was already starting to change, but he's definitely moved it forward in the most mm-hmm. positive way this year. So I would, right. I would definitely have to say Evan Mobley right now. Like the things they do, the things they do. On both ends of the floor, it can't happen without Evan Mobley. Like you can't replace, you can't just replace Evan Mobley with like just any player in the league. This is talking about stars in general. There's very few players you can replace him with to that to make what they do work. And that just says a lot about him just as an NBA player rather than just like a rookie. Like for rookie aside, just as a player, he's just one of the best players in the league right now. Like one of the better players in the league right now. And that's just point blank. So 
I think I gotta give it to him. But shout out to Kate Cunningham. You know, he's coming to his own. I say Scotty Barnes probably my second pick. But Franz Wagner on the Magic too. That boy, that boy is tough. He's yeah, probably Franz, the Wagner, Franz Wagner is nice. I do like Franz. Yeah, Franz, Wagner. Franz Wagner is a bucket. So yeah, that's really everyone. There's a bunch of players you get shout out this year, but you know those are those are the only ones who I think seriously could like win it, and I wouldn't be mad. Right. But Evan Mobley might run away with it. Yeah. And, and then, now this is another tough one. Most improved player of the year. Before we get out of here, who you got? Oh my goodness! I give you my least improved player. <laughs> Who's that? Julius Randle. <laughs> <laughs> Don't do that. <laughs> uh, most improved. Most improved right now. Um, you can say Ja. You can argue Ja. You could also argue uh, Tyrese Maxey. Mm-hmm. I, I would say I would say probably if Ja doesn't win MVP, he probably wins Most Improved Player. And then if he wins MVP, I would probably say you could give it to uh, Tyrese Maxey because yeah. I think Tyrese is definitely in that argument right now because he's definitely okay. taking a jump. And then with James Harden, he's going to go. I think only only north. He's going to only go up. Okay. I like that. This one might surprise you because I feel like he's not gonna speak not enough, not enough like airtime. But I think Tamar DeRozan is the most improved player. He went from he went from all star to like sub all star caliber player. He's just the best player on the OK team, and he's gone from that to like MVP candidate. A fair point. And he's like he's like he's like you can't just say like increased opportunity that he's truly just gotten better from last year to this year. Right. Like, same with Ja, of course, but like he's truly just gotten better. Like, right. He's just doing the same shit he's always done, but he's just better at it. Right. I mean, you also got to think well, this is this this is probably the best team he's ever been on. So, uh, um, the Toronto teams are pretty good. They were, but I mean, in terms of, I'll, I'll say this: when it comes to coaching, no. When it comes to, I guess maybe even depth, probably not. But in terms of at least top top tier talent, in terms of like front load talent, this is the best team he's been on. Hmm. Uh, I guess you can say that. Like Kyle Lowry, you know, he's really good, but like Kyle Lowry's not better than Levine and Vucevic and Lonzo. Right. right. But. I don't know. I just think at the same time, DeRozan's never looked this good, like, individually. That's fair. Just him as a player is just much better than he's ever been. That's so that's fair. my pick. But again, like you mentioned, John, John Morant, we all know what he's been doing this year. Right. Vastly improved player. And Darius Garland's another good one. Yes. Garland's improved a lot. Yes. That's actually a great one. I feel like yeah. that – in fact, he would, he, would he would be before Tyrese Maxey, actually. I feel like it would probably be Ja and then Darius Garland because people love Darius Garland right now. Yeah. And another player I'd mention just for the sake of mentioning because we talked about a little bit earlier, Anthony Simons got a lot better too. Uh, I would say I would say he probably wouldn't be – like he would be at the very bottom of that discussion only because yeah, yeah. He, he got going so late. Like he, he just yeah. really started getting going after the trades and stuff like that, and when they moved on from uh, McCullough. Yeah, let's mention just to shut him out for real, for real. I don't yeah. think he actually has a shot at winning it. I mean, he has a shot, but he's not going to win it. Yeah. 
But yeah, I think personally DeRozan's my pick. I know he won't get it because he's been in the league so long. This is not an award that they give out to older players. Nah, yeah, they 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 but, wouldn't give, they wouldn't give it to him now. If we're talking about the definition uh, definition of most improved from season X to season Y, I think DeRozan is that guy. Makes sense. Because like. Yeah, John Moran got better, but we all expected that. You know what I mean? Like, of course he's going to get better. He just he's growing into his own as an NBA player. Man. But DeRozan is like truly like just improved. Man, can you say that though? I mean, yeah, we all knew like John Moran very much is was very obviously on upward trend. I guess like, like, like for example, look at Julius Randle. But we but like <laughs> no one, no one expected Julius Randle. <laughs> you can hate on Julius Randle, pissing me off. <laughs> no one expected Julius Randle to be like an all NBA player again, like he truly was like one of the 10 best players last or 15 best players last year. I don't know, 10 might oh, be dragging. 10, 10, is, 10 is a drag now. He was one of the 15 best players last year, and that's essentially what all NBA is. He's not looking, he's not, ew, he, he's, he's, uh, he's struggling to be a top 25 to 30 player. Yeah, he's, looking, he's, looking, he's looking real top 50 right now, yeah, <laughs> but he's looking real top 50. <laughs> but nonetheless, I think DeRozan's truly just, like, improved. And, yeah, I mean, he's not going to get it. It doesn't matter what I say, but I just think it's interesting. It'd be cool if he got it. He'd probably be the oldest player to ever get that award, which would be pretty dope. Probably. He probably would. By a long shot, honestly. I I I can't even say probably. I think he definitely would be. Yeah, because most most improved players usually get the award around, like, when they're like 26, 27 at the at the at the oldest. Yeah. Like yeah. You, 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 like, yeah, like, sorry. Right no, I'm just gonna say like right before they hit their prime. Yeah. Is when is when players like that get the award. But mm-hmm. um that would that would be that would be a surprise. That would be surprising. Remember Danny Granger? I do remember Danny Granger. You got that award. I miss him. <laughs> I, miss Danny, I miss Danny Grant. I also do miss Danny Granger. He he kind of disappeared. Yeah, that ACL injury just took him out real quick. Yeah. Good word. Um, anything else you want to add before we get out of here? Nah, man. I'm very excited to see what's going to happen down the stretch. I think this is going to be a great finish to the season, and I, you know, covering the playoffs is going to be even more fun. All right. Right. Yeah, why don't you get us out of here then, bro? All right, man. You know how this goes. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in and listening to Game Time. That's another episode. My name is John Mir Wilson. I'm co-hosted by Zach Wright. It's been a pleasure. We're gonna get back to it. You know, we've been we've been you know busy with life as we mentioned earlier on in the episode. We're both grad students. Uh, we both have a whole lot going on. We're going to start working to get that content back out there because we know y'all miss us. We miss y'all just as much. Um, But if y'all want to, you know, stay tuned in with content and stay up to date on the stuff that we do, you can follow us on Instagram at GameTime underscore podcast, Twitter at GameTime underscore ZNJ, and also, you know, Facebook with GameTime with ZNJ. and, you know, with those websites, you'll have the content in front of you. We'll let you know what's going on. You'll have all the updates. And to listen to us on future episodes, you can listen to us on Spotify, 
Apple Podcasts, and any other podcasts that you may choose. We can't wait to talk more basketball on Game Time.